You know, I'm not a very patient person. Uh, I don't like waiting. Uh, I hate traffic jams. I hate stoplights. I hate drive-throughs. You know, they're all in the car, okay? I get really angry waiting while driving in a car. And, uh, and I know when it comes to patience, when it comes to waiting, I can't be the only one that dislikes that, right? I mean, as, as a culture, as a people, we're, we're getting less and less comfortable waiting, I mean, our our kids are never going to know, they're never going to fully understand blockbuster video, okay? Bear with me. Uh, When when Katie and I were dating and if we wanted to watch a movie, uh, we would go to the blockbuster on North Bend and we'd spend about an hour walking the aisles and looking for something to watch. Now, if we wanted to watch a new release, something that had just recently come out, well, then you had to hope that they had one available because they only had so many copies of a movie. I mean, can you imagine your kids or your grandkids Kids going to Netflix now and saying, what's this message that they're uh, out of copies, right? Like that there's, but we don't like waiting, right? We, this, this idea of waiting, you know, the air fryers are changing our lives. <laughs> and so as we, uh, as we get started today, I want you to know that, uh, that that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about this idea of patience, of waiting on God. We're in this series called The Gospel, Good News for Everyone. And through it, we're, we're looking at the life of Jesus that's recorded in the four gospels or uh, the four accounts of his life that we have, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, we're looking at this good news message of hope that Jesus brings to the world. This life-changing proclamation that Jesus comes to declare. And through it, we want our entire church to really have a, have a full understanding of what the good news is, of what the, what the gospel is all about. And so as we, as we kind of go through this, as we go through this series, we hope that, that more and more you get to learn about the life of Jesus and the good news of Jesus. You know, this idea of patience has its uh, roots going all the way back to uh, the Old Testament. In Psalm chapter 40, uh, verse one, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. In James chapter five, verse seven, in the New Testament, we get this same idea where it says, uh, be patient then brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming. Patience is something that God wants to work in us. And and it's something that honestly, that that I want worked on in my life. Like I said, uh, patience is something that I struggle with. It's not something that comes natural for me. I don't like waiting. And so uh, back in the fall, my daughter began going to college at uh, Indiana Wesleyan University. And it's about two and a half hours away from our house. And so several times between August and now, uh, I've made the trip up on a Friday to pick her up from school and bring her home for a weekend. 
And there's no rushing a two and a half hour drive that you gotta make to Marion, Indiana. And so what I've done is I've just embraced it. Said, hey, uh, this Friday morning, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna grab my coffee and I'm gonna drive up to pick up my daughter. Uh, It's something that I wanna do. And and you know what? I'm just gonna use this two and a half hours to just sit back and relax and and listen to a podcast or some music or some worship. You know, I'm just gonna be in the moment. I'm just gonna try to be at peace with where I'm at and and try to embrace this idea of waiting and patience. And and I believe that that's what God wants to do in us. He he wants to work in us to create this idea of patience because the truth is in the waiting, and I don't know what you're waiting on, but I feel like that for a lot of us, there's areas in our life where where we've been asking God to do something. We've We've been wanting to see God do something and we're just stuck in this place of waiting where we want to see God make movement, but I want you to know that God's working in the midst of your waiting. And so today our big idea is this, patience is trust for the long haul. See this life that we're in, it's not a sprint. And if we're gonna make it through it, it's gonna require for us to have patience. We're going to need to develop this. And it doesn't come naturally for us. I need you to know that. That if you've been struggling with patience, you gotta know that, uh, that it doesn't come natural for you and for me. It's actually talked about in scripture as a fruit of the spirit. And what that means is that, that it's something that God builds and grows in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, that is Jesus living in us. And so it's something that's cultivated. It's something that God is doing while we're waiting. And so as we kind of dive in today, the, the, the passage of scripture we're gonna look at is gonna be all about this idea of waiting. That's the lens I really want you to see what we're about to read in. And so if you've got your Bible, If you got your Bible, why don't you turn to the book of Luke chapter eight. Uh, What we're gonna look at is uh, is found in Luke chapter eight. It's also found in uh, Matthew and Mark. And so three places in scripture, we find this this account of uh, Jesus uh, healing this young girl and uh, and also uh, this lady. And so um, we're gonna be looking at this today. I want you to know that uh, if, you, uh, if you've got your Bible, uh, turn to uh, Luke chapter eight. If you, uh, if you didn't bring one, you can pull it up on uh, the YouVersion Bible app. We'd love for you to follow along with us. We've got free Bibles at the hub. If you don't have one, we'd love to get the word of God in your hand. But This is a lengthier passage of scripture that we're gonna look at. We're in Luke chapter eight. We're gonna be looking at verses 40 uh, through 56. And so as we we go through here, uh, just try to follow along. We'll have it up on the screen as well. Um, but, uh, But let's jump in and get started. It says, now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him and they were all expecting him. 
Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. But no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go with him except for Peter, John, and James and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were waiting and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Now, I gotta tell you, there's a ton that's going on here. A lot to unpack for us, but, but I want you to remember our theme. I want you to understand that we're looking at this through this, uh, through this lens of patience, of waiting. And there's actually two accounts that are kind of going on, but they're kind of melded together into one because they kind of happen simultaneously. And they both in their own way have this idea of waiting and patience as a underlying theme. We've got Two events with two very different people all pointing to this idea of waiting on God to do something. Jairus is a synagogue leader and uh, that means that he would have been in charge of the worship services that happened, the temple meetings, the gatherings. It would have been a very prominent position. He would have been a well-respected person in the Jewish community. But yet it's Jesus that he goes to. This rebel teacher that kind of has this kind of almost like a cult following uh, going on in the New Testament. People are just gathering around to see what he's going to do next. And Jairus has access to the chief priests and the teachers of the law and all these people that would have been in the synagogue community, but it's not them that he goes to. 
It's Jesus. And he says, I need you to come with me because my daughter, this 12-year-old little girl, because she's dying. And so as Jesus begins to go with him to go back to his house, there's a woman who approaches. Now, the scripture says that, that people are crowding all around Jesus, that people are crushing up against him. But this one woman comes and she comes very intentionally. She's been bleeding for 12 years. It's my understanding that, that basically she's been menstruating for 12 consecutive years, that, that this just never stops. And, and in the, uh, the book of Mark, it tells us a little bit more detail. It says that she spent everything that she has to try to be healed, but nothing's worked. And so in this last ditch effort, she hears about Jesus coming to town and she just wants to come and to be near him because this woman, because of her affliction in the Jewish community would be seen as unclean. She'd be cut off from worship in the temple or the synagogue. Uh, She would not be allowed to be a part of the community. And so she was isolated and alone. Can you imagine what that would be like? Maybe you're here and you can. Maybe you feel like that You've been dealing with something for a long, long time. Maybe you feel far from God. Maybe you walk through these doors and uh, feel sometimes like you don't belong. That's what this woman's dealing with. And I know that we have some of us who, who, who at times can feel the way that she does, isolated and alone. Can you imagine? But this woman, she doesn't give up hope. Even in the midst of her waiting, you see patience is trust for the long haul. Jesus says immediately, someone touched me. And, and his disciples are like, what are you talking about, Jesus? There's, there's hundreds of people that are touching you. You're being crushed by this crowd. And he says, no, no, no. Someone intentionally has touched me. He says, and it's very interesting, he says, I felt power leave me. And this word that he uses is dunamis. It means strength or power. And, and it's the word that, uh, that we have that makes up our word dynamite. And I wonder if when this woman reached out her hand to touch Jesus's cloak, his outer garment, if, in a, if a sensation like an explosion happened in her fingertips and her entire body, because scripture tells us that immediately she knew that she was healed. Something had happened, some kind of dynamic 
power had left Jesus and had healed this woman. That's what we're talking about when we talk about the power of Jesus. I can still hear the words echoing through my mind. I can hear my grandfather singing power in the blood. Maybe you're familiar with that old hymn. There's power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the lamb. And that's what we're talking about here that Jesus has this amazing power. And I want you to know, as we talk about the gospel, as we talk about the good news, that it is good news that Jesus has this dynamic power. And as we talked about last week, if you were with us, it's not even so much that Jesus possesses power, but that Jesus is power. Luke chapter eight, verses 47 and 48. We just want to revisit this. It says, then the woman seen she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Jesus says, I know someone touched me. Who was it? And this woman, it says that she knew that she couldn't just walk away, that that Jesus was gonna know. And so she came before them and she said, it was me. And she explained everything that had been going on in her life. And she said, uh, look, this is, this is why I did it. Look with me in the book of uh, Mark. In the book of Mark, we get just a little bit more context. And I'm gonna read for you Mark chapter five, verses 27 through 29. It says, when she heard about Jesus... She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. She knew it. She just, she just had this idea that if I can just get to him, if I can just touch him. And so Jesus says, who, who did it? And, and at first, this woman, she just wanted to come and be made right, be made well, be healed, and she just wanted to leave. And I think sometimes we can be like that. We just want God to make something right in our life. We don't wanna stick around for everything else that has to go along with it. We, we just wanna come and, and have our, our problem fixed, uh, but we don't wanna be dedicated to anything. We don't wanna be uh, you know, um, committed to anything. But Jesus says, no, you're gonna come You're gonna be seen, you're gonna be known. You're gonna be loved. 
you're gonna be in my presence. Patience is trust for the long haul. Jesus isn't about this immediate fix in her life, but he knows that it's gonna go so much deeper. It's gonna go beyond this. And I want to remind you kind of where we began with this. Where we began with this was that Jesus was traveling on this road and this man named Jairus came to him and he said, uh, hey, can you come and can you help my daughter? And you might be thinking to yourself, oh yeah, Jairus, the guy with the daughter who's dying, kind of forgot about him. That's how Jairus is feeling in this situation. I mean, can you imagine your 12-year-old daughter is home and she's deathly sick and you're gonna go to the one person that you believe might have any chance of making her well. There's no time for waiting. There's no time for patience. There's grab Jesus by the arm and drag him to your house and say, you gotta get here now. And now all of a sudden we stopped for a field trip and we've got this woman who's, uh, who's come by and touched him. And now instead of just continuing on on our trip, Jesus wants to make a whole production of it and he wants to stop and he wants to talk to her. And in Jairus's mind, He's got to be thinking, what are we doing here? I've got a 12-year-old daughter who's dying. This woman, she's not even allowed to worship in my synagogue. Jesus, we got to go. And I know that some of you have been in situations where you feel like that things are happening all around you for other people. And you're just stuck in this season of waiting. You're just stuck in this season of waiting and say, why is this happening for everybody else? Why does it seem like that God is actively working in the life of everybody else, but I'm just sitting here and I'm waiting. And so in... Luke chapter eight, verse 49, it continues. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Now this event is eerily similar to something else that will happen in the life of Jesus. I don't know if you're familiar with the life of Lazarus. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus's and Lazarus was sick and dying and Jesus was called to come to the house of Lazarus and to heal him. And so on the way to go heal Lazarus, Jesus kind of gets sidetracked. He, he takes a longer route and he gets there late and Lazarus is dead. Much like this young girl is dead. And, and it's interesting, do you see what the people who come out of the house, they say, they, they make this statement. They say, uh, she's dead, 
don't bother the teacher anymore. See, they had seen Jesus do some amazing things, but in their minds, there's a limit, right? If she's just sick, Jesus can heal her. But if it goes beyond that, now I mean, now we're talking, I mean, she's dead. No, no one can bring back the dead. And in both instances, both this young girl and in Lazarus's case, Jesus is in a situation where he almost, it feels like he almost caused it. He could have got to both people in time probably. But in order for us to know that Jesus has power over life and death, as we've been building up through here, through this gospel story, we have so many things happening. Jesus walks into the house of somebody and a man's lowered down on a mat and Jesus forgives his sins. And people ask, who can forgive sins but God alone? Last week, Jesus is out on a ship and the storm is raging and the sea's going crazy. And Jesus stands up and he says, quiet, be still. And the sea stops. And people are like, who is this man that even the waves and the storm obey him? And here we have a young girl who's died. And they think to themselves, well, there's nothing you could do because who could bring her back to life? But... God alone. And the good news message that we need to know is that Jesus is God. And so Jesus wants people to know that he has the power over life and death. And so what does Jesus say to this man? He says, don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Believe, And I want you to know that God wants to say the exact same thing to you in the middle of your waiting, that God wants to say the exact same thing to you in the middle of whatever it is that you're going through. He wants to say, don't be afraid. Just believe. Because when everybody's counted me out, when everybody thinks that I can't do it, Jesus says, that's when I get to show who I really am when my identity as the son of God is on full display. And so what Jesus says to this man, Jairus, is what he says to you and to me in the middle of our waiting. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And and I don't know what you're going through, but here's something that all of us just need to be aware of. Jesus will not be hurried. Jairus would have loved to grab God by the arm and just to drag him to his house. But Jesus will not be hurried. Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, would have loved for Jesus to just show up when he was supposed to so that their brother wouldn't have died. But Jesus will not be hurried. And there's some things that you're going through. It could be a medical situation. It could be an issue with your family. It could be something at work and you just want God to fix it right here and right now. But Jesus will not be hurried because here's the truth that we need to know that in the middle of our waiting, 
God is doing something. He's working on us. He's developing patience in our life. And so in Luke chapter eight, verse 54 and 55, we get the conclusion of this. But he took her by the hand and he said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. When Jesus takes her by the hand and he says, child, it's a very intimate way for him to interact with her. And by taking her by the hand, it is so sweet. And what I want you to know And what Jesus wanted her to know and understand is that if he's got you by the hand, that everything's gonna be okay. That if Jesus has you by the hand, that he's saying to you, my child, you're gonna be all right. You know, I went through a season, I hate to even talk about it, but it's just like one of those things that... uh, that, that I kind of identify in, in this idea of waiting with. And it's a small section of my life, but you know, when I was finishing college and starting my career in ministry, I went through this season of singleness. I, I, I was single. And, and a lot of my friends who were graduating from college were getting married. And, and so there was just all these things that were happening. And then I began being a student pastor and, and I was single. And so every single week, somebody would want to introduce to me to their niece or their granddaughter. I mean, you get it, right? And, and for like three or four years, I, I was just praying this prayer, like, God, what are you doing? Like, I, I'm just, I'm looking for somebody. This is a pretty lonely place to be. Jesus will not be hurried. And the funny thing is now, 20 plus years married, four kids, I look back at that four year period and and it seems so short, but I know that in the middle of it, it felt like an eternity. And I don't know what you're going through. And I know it may be a lot more serious and a lot more painful than, than my short stint of being single but God was working on me, preparing me for what was coming next. And I think that he's doing the exact same thing in you. Because God wants to continue to develop patience in you. We were in this series called the gospel, good news for everyone. And I want to, if I may, just share with you what we believe this good news message is all about. And so we've kind of condensed it a little bit for you just so that, and if if you wanna take a picture of this or if you wanna write this down, but this is the good news that saves us. That Jesus died for our sins and rose from the grave so that we may have full life in him. This is the good news. And no matter what it is that you're going through, no matter what it is that you're waiting on, this is something that you can depend on. Because the truth is, 
You may be stuck in singleness. For the rest of your life here on earth, you may be stuck with that cancer. For the rest of your life here on earth, you might be stuck with whatever it is that you're dealing with. But this is good news and it saves us. And here's what I want you to know that this message, this is a powerful proclamation and it's not just for us, it is for everyone. And so there's somebody in your life that's waiting on God. There's somebody in your life that's going through something difficult. You've got one person that you know that needs to hear this. That Jesus died and rose again for them so that they can have full life through Jesus. Patience is trust for the long haul. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for your promises, God, that even though we're going through these desert moments, it feels like we might be wandering through a wilderness, we might be feeling like we're all alone, that you are with us, God. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.